Um, thank you for having me here. I've never been to RUF. I don't know if I've ever really been in the student union before. So I've walked past it a couple of times, and I always thought, I wonder what that is. No, I was playing. I knew what it was. Um, so it's cool to be in here. Actually, you know, I was, I was walking past and saw a bunch of different groups meeting. Uh, it's, it's really cool that, that y'all have a room here with the open door to a hallway full of passerbys somewhat, even though we're in the back far corner. But uh, people could accidentally wander in. And uh, that's, that's real cool. And so I'm hoping that, that there is somebody here tonight that maybe uh, doesn't typically come or something like that and that maybe this can be meaningful to them. Um, I want to start with prayer. And uh, yeah, and then we'll go from there. Father, I, uh, I know that this word has not hit me all the way home yet, and I pray that it will. I pray that it will hit them home, that they will understand what it is that you put Paul through, the glory that you received him into, and the value and the praise and the worship that came from it. Uh, Father, I just uh, I pray that you would open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear our hearts to understand and that we would know Jesus more by uh, what happens here and that we would leave here differently than we showed up in Jesus's name amen so uh, you guys ever heard of Christianese you know Christianese is like when you say things that like pretty much only people that read the Bible know the word right well I learned a new one today that I didn't realize was kind of that way but I went up to a prison facility today and I was visiting a friend and uh, the lady was patting me down and they do this thing and then they do this check and they, they do this to see if you have anything on you, right? Okay. And she, and she explained it like, oh, it's like I'm blessing people, you know, and she didn't know who I was, she didn't know I'm a pastor kind of. So she didn't know anything about me, she just thought it was really funny and, I'm, and so she was talking about how she blessed people and all this stuff. And, uh, and I said, oh, yeah, that's real cool, because if any place really needs a blessing, it's, it's, it's the prison, man. And she said, well, you know, everybody messes up, and, and everybody makes mistakes. And I said, and I am the foremost. And she said, what? <laughs> I was like, the, the foremost. <laughs> I didn't realize that using like weird terms like the foremost <laughs> was like like a biblical sounding. But now that I think about it, like that's how adaptive I've become. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else say the foremost. But anyway, um, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Paul uh, uses that word, the foremost. And uh, I came across this passage um, early in my early in my years of of becoming a, a believer, and I remember thinking like. There's a couple of times where the Bible speaks, and it's like, I know what he's saying. I totally know what you're saying, bro. I didn't call him bro at the time, but I said, I know what he's thinking. I know what he, I, I get this passage. And so when Thomas asked me to, to, to preach, and you guys don't know me real well, a couple of you do, um, I thought, you know, if I'm going to go talk to a bunch of people that don't know me at all, maybe I'll talk to you guys about a, a Bible verse that really hits home to me and maybe it'll hit home to you too and then we'll have common ground so that's where we we came today so my question for you that you know maybe you can think about or write down or whatever you want to do 
would be, uh, can your past be redeemable? Can your past be redeemable? Can hurts be healed? Truly. There's two things about me that I can't change. They're just facts that happen. There's a lot of them, but these are the two that probably have affected me the most. I was abused as a young child, and I became an abusive person and abused other people, my wife included. Um, what can God do with that? So I used to do a, a pregnant parenting teen ministry with my wife when we first became believers, and, and I was shocked to find out how ignorant I was that probably eight out of the 10 girls in the group that had children when they were 14, 15, 16 had suffered abuse. And then they say, you know, maybe statistically one out of five or maybe one out of six guys. And being a guy, I can tell you that if it's one, that's because there was only one brave enough to talk about it. And that's the same thing with ladies, you know, who's going to believe you that whole thing comes up, right? And so you're dealing with, in any given group, right, you're dealing with far more trauma than you think you are. Right? We, we have a tendency to be so superficial. We have a tendency to think so skin deep about people. And they look like their life's so good together. I wish I had it like that. You gotta knock that out, man. So many people are dealing with some version of trauma. Can that be redeemed? You know, it's weird, I used to sit and I had two different experiences. I'm going to name both of them. So I was, I was in a detention center and I was talking to a girls group. And I, and I told them, I said, hey, um, you know, I used to be an abusive man. And, uh, you know, I was, I was physically, verbally, all those kind of things. I was abusive. And I was abusive that to my wife before we were married. Uh, thank Jesus we're married. I can tell you more about that in a second. And um, this girl, she just like, she turns away and she's like, man, I can't talk to you because my dad used to hit my mom and I hate him. And I said, I feel you. I had a different conversation with a boys group and I told him that I was molested as a kid and, uh, and that God had actually redeemed it and that it was something that I can now see he used for his glory and I didn't even, I could never have told you that beforehand. I actually hated God my whole life for it. And now I can say that it was for, for his glory in some way that it's like, it was so offensive to him, he got mad at me. He's like, that's the most offensive thing. I just, I can't even believe that you said something like that. So here you got these contrasting things about my past, man. And when one person hears this thing about me, it's offensive. When one person hears about something that happened to me and how I think about it now, it's offensive. 
And so I hope that I don't offend you with, with the way that this comes across. And I hope that you'll forgive me if I've brought up things in your heart that you wish I didn't, but this passage is about redeeming. It's about redeeming people's lives. Jesus is about redeeming your life. All the garbage, all the drama, all the hate, all the trauma, all of it. He's about redeeming it. And I think that there's, there's just something to be said about the fact that that's the story that we get to tell, right? Um, one of the things that I think frustrates me the most about evangelizing out here in this world is that a lot of times it comes across very much like I'm trying to tell you about your problems. I'm not here to tell you about your problems. I'm, I'm here to tell you about mine and how me and Jesus are cool now. And if you have that same thing, if your heart wakes up to that, hallelujah. If you ain't there yet, I pray that you just stay with it and keep hearing it. So his past, here's where Paul is, right? He says, formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent, insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord, and here's the word I want you to hear, overflowed for me with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. He says overflowed. Overflowed. Like if you were to get a cup of grace from Jesus, it's like that bad pour of a beer where the froth comes over the whole thing and you're like for real <laughs> none of y'all know about that I don't know what I don't know what age you are I don't know what group I'm talking to here to be honest with you <laughs> Thomas knows what I'm talking about whatever <laughs> but it's like that it's like he it's like he it's shaken up pressed together overflowing still you know like how much can you pack into this cup more than the cup can hold and he says I was a blasphemer I was a persecutor, I was insolent. I was an opponent of God. When's the, when's the last time you were shocked that Jesus likes you? Like it actually shocked you. Like knowing you and then hearing that, it's like, I don't even know if I can believe it. Now, a lot of people might have the opposite problem where it's like, I don't think God likes me at all. Okay. That aside, this specifically, what's the last time that, that, you, that you actually, you know, like the, the beginning of that song, Amazing Grace, right? We all know the beginning of that mostly. I think all of us do. That actually have been able to say like a wretch, a wretch like me. And you actually go, I think I finally get the first verse of that song far deeper than I ever heard before. Amazing grace. Like, it's just, this, we say it so much. Amazing grace, amazing grace, amazing grace. And then it's like, wretch. I received mercy. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, it overflowed. 
it overflowed. It filled all the way to the top and it overflowed. Even though I was these things. Now here's an interesting, here's an interesting thought. I want y'all to think about this. Because sometimes I, get, I share my testimony and, uh, or, or people with like messed up histories, you know, those, those people. Share testimony and I'll have, no matter what, I'll have one person come up to me every time and be, and will tell me something around these lines. I don't have a story like yours. And I know what they mean. Don't get me wrong, I know what they mean. But I hate when I hear that. Not hate because I'm angry at them. I just, I wish that they understood themselves better. I wish you, like, I'm, even if you get grace and you get all that stuff, I get, you can still be saved. I'm not saying you're not saved because you don't get that. But what I'm saying is that, like, Paul thought he was a good guy. You guys know that? You guys ever thought about that? When he says that he's a, a, a blasphemer and a, a violent opposer of God and all this stuff like if you if you listen to people talk about what what made Paul like so overwhelmed with grace right and, and usually it has something to do with with like because he was a violent man and he did it he thought that he was doing God's work think about that He's not talking about what I'm talking about as far as the same sin pattern goes. He's talking about a man who loved God in his heart, he would have said, right? I love God. Seeing the blasphemous evil happening, which is what he thought Christianity was, and was trying to be zealous for the purity of his faith. And then he found out he was the bad guy. So not only did he, he get confronted with sin, he got confronted with sin he didn't know was sin. There's two ways of getting away from Jesus. One is trying to be as evil as you possibly can and saying, I don't need him. The other is trying to be as moral as you can possibly be and say, you don't need him. You realize that those are both the exact same thing in opposite form? The difference between me and Paul is not that he was, he was evil and, or I'm evil and he was good. Neither one of us thought we needed him. And there are some people, I guarantee you in this, in this room somewhere, one of y'all knows that you have not understood yet what it means to have the grace given to you that you don't deserve and you still don't deserve and that your morality is actually part of your problem because it's a way for you to hide from Jesus. You're not dependent upon him because you're a good dude or a good lady or whatever. When I said lady to Thomas earlier, he goes, you talking about like a 50-year-old woman? I'm like, is that what lady sounds like when I say it? Maybe I shouldn't say lady. <laughs> Y'all ladies. <laughs> but I did. And so he says this, and I want you to hear this, because he, he says these words, and he says, this, uh, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. 
quote, right? Quote, here's the saying, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. And the question came up to me, okay, did he mean, quote, Christ came into the world to save sinners, end quote. Side note, I'm the worst. That's a trustworthy saying, is that saying. Or did he mean, Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst, quote. That's a trustworthy saying. Well, if it matters, John Stott agrees with me. So if you don't know who that is, get yourself together, figure it out. That the saying that is actually trustworthy is the entirety of that. And most of the Bibles will put a period after it. The trustworthy saying is this. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Of who I am the worst. I'm the worst. I want you to teach that. That's a trustworthy saying. Now granted, he goes on to talk about himself again, and we're going to get there. But I think the trustworthy saying is actually that. Think about how many problems with other people we wouldn't have if we walked around functionally thinking of ourselves as the worst person in the room. Actually, I think I talked about this recently, but doing jail ministry or doing, you know, those kinds of ministries or addiction or, or you know, like the messed up people, right? Like those people are messes, man. I don't know if we can relate. Or the yes, you can. If you walk into that room and you know that you are the worst, then you can relate. If you walk into the room and you think, how can I relate to these sinful people? Then you will be functionally useless because you don't know yourself. And notice this, he says, I used to be like, he says, formerly I was a blasphemer. But when he says, I am the worst, it's, it's a present, ongoing, right? Like, I am the worst, of whom I am the worst. So why go through all this? Why invite me to come in here and have everybody feel bad about themselves when they leave here, right? Or maybe for the first time you, you're really contemplating the depth of what sin actually means. Or maybe you've realized that you're really mad about something and you ain't ready to forgive them yet. All of those have a lot of the same kind of roots. But think about how this ends, and this has always been, this has always been the thing, the, the, the part of the verse that I felt like I understood the most. I grew up around Christianity when I was young. I did. I hated church. Oh my gosh, I hated church. It was the worst thing. It was so boring. You know why? Because I wasn't there to worship Jesus. I was there because I had to be. That's, that's it. 
And I tell people, church is the most boring place. It's like the worst place to be ever if you're not there to worship Jesus. Now, granted, you can hear the, the gospel and, and, you know, you could be saved. It'd be good for you to go. But I completely understand why going to church is like, oh, do we got to go again? It's like, let's not. How about we just not? Let's sleep in. That's a way better idea. I get it. Completely get it. So this is the part of the thing that I, that I really register with him. He goes through all this stuff, right? He says, I'm the worst. And he says, I receive mercy for this reason, that as the foremost, that Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience for an example for those who are to come. And they'll believe in him for eternal life. And then all of a sudden, boom, he just starts a whole different thought. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Dude just busts out a, like a psalm, right? That's where it hit home with me. I'm like, I get why he did that. Because that's why it was offensive to that kid when I said that God did this for his glory. And they're like, dude, screw that. Because they never got to the point where they recounted themselves and then thought, Jesus loves me. It's a simple song. You learned it as a kid. Jesus loves me, this I know. Has that ever blown your mind? He loves me, man. I'm the worst. It's not only amazing that my wife loves me. It's amazing that God would love me. Because not only was I an insolent opponent, I knew what I was doing was evil. I was doing it purposely because I was mad at God. Because I had never been able to get to the point where I could see that this had purpose. I couldn't do it. I was functionally walking around defying God to his face. I didn't think I was doing good things for him. I didn't have the delusion of thinking that this was actually God's work. And he loves me. He loves you too. That's amazing. So here's my challenge for you guys. One, I'm, I'm sure that there's lots of reasons that y'all can get into arguments around here and get into confrontational kinds of things. I would encourage you to think about this. If you can't say with sincerity that you are the worst person walking into the room, don't talk to nobody about like what they're doing wrong yet because you ain't ready for it. You're just not ready. And that's okay. Paul chilled for like 14 years. You know, I got mad because I had to wait for like two before we could start doing ministry. I was like, man, I gotta do something. It's okay to not be ready. That's okay. Work through it, figure it out. Sit with God and get right with him. And then when you hear that, just like Paul said, in the middle of recounting that, all of a sudden your heart just, it almost like it overflows back, right? The overflowing just happens. And all of a sudden you think about, man, God saved me. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God to honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.
Let's pray.